everyone listening to the newest episode of my podcast. My oh my, what a long time between episodes. Um, I have had a long relaxing break of podcasting to really focus on the rest of my clinic and the supplement range that I launched. So Evernatal and Ironbiotic will launch back in October and it has been an absolute whirlwind. So very, very grateful for everyone who has supported us and purchased from us and every order that comes through. I look at every single order and I feel so grateful that you've chosen to spend your money with me and trust me with with your health. But on to today's podcast episode on miscarriages. So I'm going to go through all of the the causes here. You know, I'm going to say not all, I'm going to say the most common causes of miscarrying. If someone's had two miscarriages in a row, I really do think it's time to start digging a bit deeper. And it starts with a very thorough set of blood tests and a trained set of eyes to go through those blood tests. Recurrent miscarrying is a sign that something deeper is going on and more often than not, something actually does come up and then we can work on that so you don't have to go through it again. I really don't like how in Australia they have a bit of a policy where you have to have had three miscarriages to therefore warrant any investigations and I just think that's absolute rubbish. Why would you want to go through three before anyone actually looks into what's happening when there could be a really clear cause that needs working on to prevent it from happening again? You know, I've had a miscarriage myself and it was one of the most traumatic and health-altering experiences I've ever been through. It took me honestly six months to feel semi-normal again because of how much blood I lost. So there's no way I would want to be risking having three of those before anyone even investigated it. So obviously we've got the controllable lifestyle factors like smoking, drug use, and obesity. They're all really clearly known to increase the potential for miscarriage. But I'm going to go into other ones that are not so not so common to speak about and hope that this helps someone. So if you have any friends or family members that you know have had a miscarriage and they are looking to try for another baby, please send this you know, this podcast link to them because it really could be, it could make such a difference to their journey and also uncover something for them that could have the potential to affect their actual pregnancy. So, you know, it's, some of these could actually impact baby and the health of mum. And if the, if the pregnancy doesn't end in miscarriage, you know, it's, you don't want these things to keep going on and on. So please share the link to this podcast to any friends or family members that have gone through a miscarriage as this is something that really everyone should be should be knowing about, especially when it's not commonly spoken about. So number one, we've got genetic abnormalities. So we all know of these. They're chromosomal errors in the developing egg. They're the most common cause of early miscarriage. Now, these errors increase with age and also with a decline in egg quality. And they increase with age because of a decline in egg quality, but you may have a decline in egg quality irrespective of your age. So I've seen women in their 20s that have poor egg quality, you know, and they're really finding it hard to to conceive. Even if you're able to conceive, if your egg isn't great quality, there's DNA damage, etc., there's going to be high risk of miscarriage. So 
you know, a number of factors cause lowered egg quality. I said age was one of them. I'm not going to go into all of those because that's not what this episode's about. But bearing in mind, egg quality in preventing miscarriage is absolutely of the utmost importance. I'll go through that a little bit later on. Supplements such as DHEA and CoQ10, otherwise known as ubiquinol, can really help reduce the chance of chromosomal abnormalities. They do need to be taken to several months before trying to conceive. And that's because this critical window before conceiving is where we can impact the egg and the egg's development. It takes a few months for the egg to develop before being released. Um, And that sort of is three to four months before it was ovulated. So taking any egg quality improvement supplements should be guided by a health practitioner. The next common cause of miscarrying is high thyroid antibodies. So these are when we get they're present on a blood test, so we can test for thyroid antibodies. It's a really simple thing. Just go get a blood test and check whether you do have thyroid antibodies that are raised or not. There has been such strong correlations found in the research. So specifically, one one thing I was looking at had an analysis of first trimester pregnancy losses, had a spontaneous miscarriage rate of 24% in thyroid antibody positive women when compared to a 5% miscarriage rate in the control group. Um, you know, it's it's been really found that women with thyroid antibodies have a higher prevalence of recurrent miscarrying. And even when your thyroid function is fine, just having high thyroid antibodies is associated with that increased risk of miscarriage. So your thyroid doesn't have to be suffering. So if you've had your thyroid checked and you're like, my thyroid's fine, that is not enough. You need to see your thyroid antibodies. But of course, suboptimal T4 and or T3 levels can also increase miscarriage risk as the developing fetus is relying on your thyroid for its endocrine functioning until its own is developed. And I think that's around 20 weeks. So suboptimal means not enough to be out of the reference range and potentially not enough for a doctor to have flagged this with you. But suboptimal means bottom end of the reference range for T3 and T4 levels, which are your thyroid hormones. Now, during pregnancy, your iodine requirements increase by 50% or more due to increases in the maternal thyroid hormone production necessary to supply to the fetus because it doesn't have its own thyroid gland. So if you have an iodine deficiency, if you have low T4 already, can you see how that burden on your thyroid gland is going to potentially risk miscarriage because you're not able to, I suppose, cope with the demands of that endocrine function demand that's being placed on you. Another cause of recurrent miscarrying is undiagnosed autoimmune conditions that are obviously causing inflammation like celiac disease. So always get checked for the most common autoimmune diseases. And if you've got any symptoms that might make you question if you have an autoimmune disease, you need to go see your doctor. Another one is low progesterone levels. So Low progesterone would be checked seven days after ovulation. That really shows us what's happening here. So if you've had your progesterone checked and it was seven days after ovulation, it needs to be above 40 at that point. So if it's not, it shows you've had low progesterone levels and then that could potentially cause the uterine lining to shed too early or just not grow enough to support a growing fetus. 
Now, that's why you commonly hear when people are doing fertility treatment, they get progesterone support treatment like pessaries. And that's because of that importance for progesterone. Your progesterone cannot drop. Otherwise, a miscarriage will will occur. Now, please do not stick to that day 21 progesterone check. If you ovulate on a different day, like day 12, then a day 21 test isn't actually going to be showing you a great deal. The day 21 came from that idea that people are ovulating on day 14 when we well and truly know that only a fraction of people release an egg on day 14. So if you ovulate on day 12, for example, you would need to be getting your progesterone checked on day 19. Another cause is poor sperm quality. So, you know, so like just so baffling to me that miscarriages often spoke about it's just the female and what's wrong with her and what has she done however half of the fetal genome is paternal half of your baby is from the male so if we've got low levels of morphology which is the shape and the function of your sperm low sperm count or high levels of dna damage these are all strongly linked to recurrent miscarrying um, I was reading observed high sperm DNA damage in, so this, sorry, this study was talking about recurrent miscarrying. And in this study, it was talking about how high sperm damage was found in over 85% of men whose partners were having recurrent miscarriages. So a first step in investigating why you've had a miscarriage must also include male testing, testing your partner's sperm. So, you know, the statistics on male sperm quality is actually alarming. It's now being called a male fertility crisis, sorry, male infertility crisis. So this is because there is such a huge increase in male infertility since the mid-1970s. And this issue has actually attracted a lot of media attention after a 2017 meta-analysis found that sperm counts had declined by 52 percent between 1973 and 2011 so halved sperm count so that is insane and very very worrying so it was also there was a 2022 review done by really prominent researchers in the in the field of human fertility they suggested after their studies were done that Increasing in industrialization over the 20th century has led to an increase in exposure to things like endocrine disrupting chemicals, which may have contributed to the decline in sperm counts. Um, you know, I'll talk about what things that your male partner absolutely must be avoiding, but you'd be so surprised at how many males I hear aren't actually on board with making health changes and are really not willing to acknowledge it could be partially their contribution. So one third of all infertility is male factor. Now, it's actually a very concerning threat. The future of the human race with the drop in sperm count over time, you know, most semen analysis I see, we've got 2% or 4% morphology. And that means that only two, three, four percent of all of the millions of sperm found in that sample have good enough morphology to actually conceive so you know morphology we're looking at the shape of the head and then it's got one tail and that the tail is actually working properly so you know that means like 96 percent potentially are defective that's humongous now 
exposure to insane amounts of chemical, you know, in our life nowadays, you know, household cleaners, washing products, pesticides, additives, plastics. We've got cigarette smoke. Um, we've got jobs that have exposure to certain chemicals like painters, diesel mechanics and gardeners. They've got quite a risk to sperm quality. They could all disrupt the normal functioning hormones and therefore impact sperm quality and count. So other, some other lifestyle factors that worsen sperm quality and count are high intake of soy, high intake of saturated fats, low omega-3 intake, such as good fats. Uh, I spoke about cigarettes. Vaping as well. I want to highlight that vaping, I don't personally think is any better for sperm quality than cigarettes are. So that has to stop. If you're trying to conceive, they cannot be smoking or vaping. High alcohol intake as well is very linked to poor sperm quality. Anabolic steroids, these can actually impact sperm for five plus years. And then also six or less hours sleep a night for a male um, can absolutely impact their sperm quality. And that has to do with their testosterone. Men can also have low testosterone, which case they'll have sperm quality issues. So you can get your testosterone checked on a blood test. It's a really exciting part of treatment though, because we can see sperm quality or count as a clear issue on a test and then we treat it and then it improves so very drastically most of the time unless there was a a cause that's been present since birth or something like that that needs surgery like a varicose vein on a testicle most of the time amazing results and we can really really improve it with just a few changes in our lifestyle and our diet and also supplements there are a lot of research around good good nutrients to help this Another cause for recurrent miscarrying is poor egg quality, which I spoke about at the beginning of this episode. Now, if we think about if a poor quality egg is fertilized, either the embryo is unable to implant correctly or the embryo initially can implant but is unable to develop properly, resulting in a subsequent miscarriage. So one of the best books I've ever written on this topic is It Starts With The Egg. It is such a comprehensive book that gathers all of this up-to-date research on egg quality and what we can avoid and what we can take and do to improve our egg quality. So egg quality improvements about a three to four month journey, like I mentioned. So anyone doing IVF or anyone that has had a miscarriage, I would absolutely start working on egg quality and then allow three to four months before trying to conceive because it's otherwise really useless. Ubiquinol 600 milligrams is my first line of treatment for all egg quality improvement. And then there's other things as well. We've got acetylalcarnitine, we've got vitamin E, um, there's there's a few vitamin C as well. There's a few really good treatments we can we can do. Another cause here is and some of you may well and truly be across this because of an early episode I did on folic acid versus methylfolate. We're talking about the MTHFR gene defect. Now, this gene is present, this sorry, this defect gene or this um, problem is present in a large percentage of the population. And you can just do a saliva test to check whether you have this gene defect. Pretty much it's an interaction between this primary genetic defect, the MTHFR gene defect, and a nutrition problem where we cannot tolerate some forms of folate. And 
you potentially may have a folate deficiency. This can then result in high homocysteine levels and that may be the cause of a, of a recurrent miscarriage. So in my research, elevated homocysteine and reduced serum folate concentrations or risk factors for recurrent early pregnancy losses. Uh, it can have to do with your coagulation and your clotting as well as their baby or embryo attaching to the uterus. So if we look at how to fix this problem, if you have MTHFR in a nutshell, you need to take methylfolate. Do not take folic acid because a large percentage of it will not be converted over to the form we actually need, which is bioavailable methylfolate. So, you know, when we're trying a baby, when we're trying for a baby, obviously something is better than nothing. So if you are taking folic acid, that is absolutely better than not taking anything. I want to reiterate that. I don't want anyone stopping any prenatals or freaking out if you're on folic acid. Just do some research. Listen to my early episode. Like I mentioned, it's called, I think it's just the episode I did recently, it's called folic acid versus methylfolate. And I go through all of that in, in really, really uh, fine detail to help you make an informed decision. But methylfolate is the form that is bioavailable, which means your body doesn't have to convert it over. So it's just like straight given, done, your body has got what it needs. Um, and you can also test your homocysteine levels and your folate levels on a blood test. We want homocysteine levels to be below eight or around eight, and we want folate to be above 30 to 35. While I'm on the topic of nutritional deficiencies, there's actually a few that I wanted to note. So we've got vitamin D, low vitamin D. So I'm going to go for low vitamin D first. Isn't this interesting? So this was a quote in It Starts With The Egg. So it says, for every point your vitamin D comes up, the less risk you have of an embryo not developing or not implanting, sorry, not implanting and having a pregnancy loss. For every 25 N mole dash L increase in vitamin D, that's a tongue twister, pretty much every 25 points your vitamin D goes up, there is a 12% lower risk of pregnancy loss. So vitamin D is very, very needed for egg quality and the research shows it's very needed for healthy ovulation and therefore it is linked to whether a pregnancy is, you know, is going to be healthy and reduce your risk of miscarriage. Your vitamin D should ideally be above 100 on a blood test as well. We've also got low levels of vitamin B12 that's been identified as a risk factor. So if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, this could be you, but also we've got people that eat meat and eggs and things like that, and they still can be vitamin B12 deficient. So please get that checked on a blood test. Vitamin B12 deficiency also can cause an elevation of homocysteine levels, and that can be, like I mentioned, a cause for recurrent pregnancy loss. And vitamin B12 is needed to create hemoglobin. So you may have that vitamin B12 anemia there and that can mean you are more likely to miscarry. Then the last thing I'm going to speak about is low iron. So research shows women with low ferritin levels or iron deficiency anemia are more likely to miscarry. And that's because iron or a low amount of iron is linked to low egg quality. So we need iron for our eggs to be high quality. Now. A large eight-year study done of 18,555 women in the US was done. Now, it found that women who consumed iron supplements had a significantly lower risk of infertility than women who did not consume iron supplements. 
Together with the above mentioned observation, it showed that women with an improved iron status were able to grow a bigger endometrium lining. And then it seemed reasonable from that, the researchers said, to assume there was an influence of iron status on female fertility. And then we already know iron is needed for egg quality. So hypothetically, they were saying this could really either lead to infertility or recurrent miscarrying, just the fact that iron is needed to grow your endometrial lining. And if you have a thin endometrial lining, you will have troubles maintaining a healthy pregnancy. So that was really interesting. Get your iron levels checked, ladies. Um, so if we are looking at, right, I feel like I have something going on. Where do I start now? So go and get a blood test done. I have all of the blood tests listed on my website that I suggest someone get done if they're in this situation. So the page you would need to go to is www.thenatalnaturopath.com dot com dot au forward slash book dash now and at least all of the blood tests that are relevant and of course you want to get copies of these and you want to have your eyes looking over them yourself and if you wanted to have a look at them yourself you can download my blood test cheat sheet on my website under resources because that goes through the optimal levels of vitamin d iron t3 t4 b12 all of that insulin zinc it goes on so that's a really popular resource of mine Otherwise, if any of this is ring true for you and you did want to seek out a practitioner who is willing to dig deeper for you, you know, with my clinic, myself, and I also have three naturopaths that see clients all the time with recurrent pregnancy loss. And you can book an appointment with us on the Book Now page on my website. Well, if you have any questions, please share them with me on my Instagram. That's where I'm present the most, at the natal naturopath. And I hope this was helpful in some way, shape or form and that you can dig a little bit deeper and hopefully find something that was potentially contributing to a miscarriage you had so that you know you can be going through that again. Thank you. See you next week.